what is going on bills mafia welcome to the coolest show in all of bills mafia outside of western new york i am your host jake and this is the lowdown i want to thank you for hopping on the built in buffalo podcast network and listening to me your host on this show today and ladies and gentlemen right now as i am recording this it is 12 20 a.m and the draft has just concluded i was just on the show with the built in buffalo team and sterling from cover one and a bunch of other cool people and we sat there for every single pick of the first round and we talked about and we broke it down and i was kind of the guy in the chair who i was getting the picks a little bit early and i was giving them to people so that we were ahead of the draft and overall it was a really awesome experience and you know what the buffalo bills did i think everybody knows what the buffalo bills did and we're going to talk about it i wasn't going to make this podcast originally right after the draft i was going to do it earlier because as you will see in the second half of the show it is a interview with brother bill so make sure to stay put and listen to that because that is coming in the second half but right now we got to talk about the draft. So what went down? You know, uh, there was a lot of things and players slid that we did not think were going to slide. Uh, it really ended up being that the Jaguars took Travis Etienne before the Bills. So the Bills did not draft a running back in the first round. And who we got was a edge rusher from Miami. Yes, a lot of people were saying that, hey, edge rush is what we should do. It is a long-term thing that we are going to need, and we need an edge rush bet. And that guy that we got was Gregory Rousseau from Miami. And now a lot of people might know that Miami had two prospects that were in this draft. They also had Jalen Phillips, who did play last year after he came out of retirement from concussions. And I believe that the Dolphins picked him up, and we ended up getting the other guy, who the year before that had 15 and a half sacks and what and that was number two just behind of chase young who ended up being one of the best players in that draft and one of the best defensive players in that draft so in reality a lot of people right now are mad and let me frame this situation for you justin i i don't understand why you wouldn't have been watching the draft but say you weren't watching the draft what happened well a lot of people in Bills Mafia were completely sold on Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, who is a linebacker from Notre Dame. I've said it in previous podcasts, even when I was on the Buffalo Fanatics podcast network. I love this guy. A lot of people in Bills Mafia really love this guy. But not nobody thought that he would fall to us at 30. Every mock was like uh, Dave from Built in Buffalo. He said himself that even in most of the mocks that he saw the lowest he ever saw jok going was to baltimore but then baltimore didn't take him and then he fell to the bills and it almost seemed perfect for us to get jeremiah owusu koromoa a linebacker who we would then kind of turn into our buffalo nickel our nickel cornerback and it just kind of you know the guy for us to lock down tight ends but uh, the Buffalo Bills decided they wanted to go a different route. And, you know, let's talk about it, right? Gregory Rousseau. I'm not saying that it was a bad pick by the Buffalo Bills whatsoever. When you get a guy who the consensus on him a year prior was that he could go, you know, in the top 10 in a draft. 
and was right behind Chase Young. You know, with 15 and a half sacks, that's super impressive. And Brandon Bean came out in his press conference right after and said, hey, this guy is a process guy. And, you know, he kind of just fell in the Buffalo Bills laps and that this guy, you know, they were looking towards the future. And obviously we have Jerry, who's who's getting older. And we last year we drafted A.J. Epinesa. Kind of my big thing was, you know, if we were going to draft an edge, you know, there's there were prospects in this draft where it was like, okay, they're raw. Maybe we could get them They'd trade up in the second round and get them if we were going to get a guy. Most mocks didn't have Gregory Rousseau going in the first round. Uh, also, let me frame in that Asante Samuel Jr., the corner from Florida State, was also sitting there. So at this current moment, you're listening to this, and on Friday night, the second round is going to come around. And there are guys like JOK and Asante Samuel Jr. who are still sitting there, and Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. There were just a ton of guys sitting there that the Buffalo Bills could pick from. Gregory Rousseau was not one that I was, you know, really privy to. But, you know, he is 6'7", 266 pounds. Dude isn't really bendy. Uh, he's just a raw prospect. And, you know, when you look at him, he just screams Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. You know, it just screams that process player who they can draft and they can develop. And I think they're going to do it. I think that he's going to be a rotational guy. Uh, you know, when you have somebody like that, who, like I said, would have been a consensus top 10 pick last year, uh, he literally stands out among the rest where you're like, okay, how do we not? He was obviously the best player on the Buffalo Bills board at that time. So Gregory Rousseau, 15 and a half sacks, 6'7", 266 pounds. Like this guy, I don't think that he's the best pick that they could have gotten and a lot of projections had him in round two i've already said it uh he's long-limbed and everything but guy is just a raw prospect we'll see what the buffalo bills actually do and i was the short wanted to keep this introduction really just compact break down kind of what the buffalo bills did in round one i look forward to seeing what they do in round two i really hope that they address cornerback but you know Dave brought up as well that you know just think about it why would we get Asante Samuel Jr it has been evident that Sean McDermott loves Levi Wallace and I really think that that love is going to just hinder our cornerback to position for a long time and you know until Levi Wallace is eventually gone and I, honestly I was hoping somebody else would take him this offseason so we didn't have to deal with this kind of situation. But, you know, every single time they try to replace Levi Wallace, it doesn't work out. You know, it's good to get this depth behind Jerry Hughes, have them learn for a couple of years, because let's admit it, Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison are not going to be on this team for much longer. And I love Jerry Hughes, not as much Mario Addison, but, you know, we did need this depth. I think it's just disappointing for a lot of us that wanted someone who we thought was going to be a little bit more effective in the passing game, more or less just, you know, getting back there to the quarterback, which does affect the passing game. But, you know, to cover those tight ends that we're going to have to be dealing with throughout the year. So I hope you guys did enjoy this little breakdown for this first half of the Jordan Hour. My second 
half will consist of having a special guest, Brother Bill, on. Tonight is round two of the draft, so make sure to go to the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel and watch. They're going to have people on there. It's going to be great. And sadly, I don't think I'm going to be able to join them for that one. So I'm hoping Justice is going to be their guy in the chair for, I guess, for you guys tonight, for me also tonight because it's past midnight so it's technically the next day anyway this is the end of the first half of the coolest show in bill's mafia outside of western new york the lowdown with jake jordan and i will be right back with my special guest brother bill after this spicy hot take from another built in buffalo podcast creator yeah and the bills seem to like that that body type you know, they, they have John Feliciano, who is a really great run blocker and I believe a, a below average pass blocker, but he certainly brings a certain kind of attitude towards the line. Um, they obviously have Cody Ford, who we still don't know really where Cody is. So even though they seem to, to want to run um, more like of a zone blocking scheme as of late, they really do like these kind of powerful guys that can really move people out of the way, uh, you know, bigger frames, stuff like that. Yeah, I think so too. Looking at, you know, the draft history there. Um, I don't know how realistic of a landing spot Buffalo is just because I can't really get a feel for his draft stock. Um, I'm kind of on an island with this guy. He's my favorite interior offensive lineman in this class, my top ranked, and that's Trey Smith. Really? Yes, it, and that is, you know, I'm definitely kind of on my own with that one. But he has got tackle size. I mean, he was the first uh, true freshman to start left tackle in the SEC in over 30 years. When he got to the University of Tennessee, he did well. They moved him to guard, and he flourished. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second half of the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York, the Lowdown. I am your host, Jake Jordan, and I am joined by an amazing guest. He is a former 26 Shirts employee. He is a professional, a professional meme connoisseur, and he is a figurehead in Bill's Mafia Twitter. But most of all, he's everyone's favorite brother, Brother Bill. How are you doing today, man? What's up, man? I'm, I'm hyped to be on here with you. I appreciate you having me on here. Man, dude, I, I appreciate you being on here because I wanted to like start bringing creators on and start talking about it because Built in Buffalo is trying to do all this stuff now. I was like, man, I want to get to know some of these people who I'm watching their stuff on Twitter and, you know, I want to be just like more than a like on their post or a comment. So I wanted to get to know you. And like, you know, some of the things, like I said before we got on this call, I got a ton of questions, man. But really, it's like this is dropping the day after the draft. So right now, it's draft naive, man. We are crazy right now. Like, how are you feeling about this draft, man? It's tomorrow. We're finally, like, mock draft season is over, dude. I'm excited, man. It's, and it's a, it's a nice, calming feeling knowing that, like, not too much is in jeopardy with this draft. Like, it's not like previous years where we're hanging on, like, 
a thread for like who we're going to draft at quarterback or like hoping our our whole franchise gets saved by some like savant that we're going to draft and like now it's just like we got the we got the foundation we got our guys and just got to add some talent to to put us over the edge yeah man like going into this this is like the first draft i can remember and you've been around probably far more than me uh with all these drafts but like <laughs> this is the first one we're going into where it's like yeah we could use that yeah like right. that'd be nice to have it's not like dude we need this man that's crazy <laughs> and, and that's just like, like i'm a i'm a huge etn guy and like mm-hmm. Most of the time, I'm, I'm I'm like right with everybody who's an anti like running back first round and like, yeah, I've always been that guy. But like, one we're so late in the first round, which we're not used to. Like, we're not like a top 10, 15 pick. We're thirty. Um, and if he's there, like that is just a playmaker, like a game changer. And I think you have the luxury that you can like do something like that. Like this, we haven't been here before. Like when we drafted C.J. Spiller, which a lot of people compare it to, that was mm-hmm. like. Nothing, there was nothing for him. Like he had to, he would have had to do everything yeah. for that to be successful. Yeah. Like, and, and that's crazy because you basically said the word in there that I associate with this. And a lot of people do luxury pick, man. Like at 30, we're pretty much just like, what new toy could we get? Right. You know? So it, it's great with that. And you, and you brought up CJ Spiller and that's, you know, going back a little bit into that draft. And I've said it before on this podcast, I didn't actually become a true bills fan until Rex Ryan was the coach. So like, I, yeah, I want to pick your brain, man. Like I want you to be like my little screen that I'm looking through to get like that information for what was Bill's mafia like throughout all these years where, you know, the team, it was just like every year you go into it. Yeah. We're like, like, let's hope we make the playoffs. And it's like, Oh, we suck again. So, you know, (laughs) there's so much like, go ahead. It built a relationship that is like stronger than ever. Like, you know what I mean? Like going through that and just like, keep being like, all right, like, I'm sticking with them. Like it just builds you up so much that like now that they're good, it's such an amazing feeling that like it finally paid off. And like, I don't think anyone appreciates their team. Like we do, like we're a city that has no other like major things going on. Like we got the bills and then the sabers and that's like everything to us. So man, this, having sabers, be good man, is, I can't, <laughs> I can't even, it's bad. Like, <laughs> This this was the first year I tried to get into hockey, and it turns out it's probably the worst year to try to get into hockey, man. That was things are getting a little I, better with Renato. He's I've he's won me over. I'm I'm all for like extending him and making him the real coach. Honestly, from the way I like Sabres Twitter has gone from being in full nuclear meltdown <laughs> to finally being like, hey, we like this guy. So, you know, I I say if it makes like buffalo sabers twitter actually happy like it might not happen because it actually makes them happy but you'd like to believe that it would right and man like just just going back and seeing like i see you rocking the old bill super bat and super bowl hat and things like that <laughs> and i and and i'm i'm thinking man this guy probably like i'm gonna assume you're from western new york yeah okay so like what part are you like from I'm the r- buffalo I'm Rochester. Area? Okay, so Rochester. Like an hour. I, okay. 
So I've got like a question in here too, like specifically for what I've heard is in Rochester. What the hell is a garbage plate? Like, (laughs) no, man, I'm, I'm from central Florida and my dad's from up there. So like everything that I know is just from him telling me. So I, I see these people on Twitter, like sports rock going, like talking about garbage plates. And I'm like, what the hell is a garbage plate, man? Oh, dude. It's it's electric. It is a comes in like a styrofoam container, mm. and it is a layer of like max out. Do you know what max out is? I feel like that's not. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I feel like that's not everywhere. So it's man, a layer that's of a southern out. thing, man. We got that down here. Okay. <laughs> we got max salad, and then you got. I personally like French fries. A lot of people get like mm. home fries. So it's a layer of French fries or home fries, and then you got. Two either two cheeseburgers or two hot dogs. Most most usually there's like chicken tenders too, but no one really does that. Okay. So it's like max max out French fry, two cheeseburgers. That's the most that's the most famous one, and then a hot sauce. That's it's like a meat hot sauce. So it's not just like red hot. It's like a like okay. chili almost with some spice without like any beans or any shit in it. It's just like the meat, and that's on the very top. And then you put like ketchup and mustard on it and you just eat it. And it's usually like a drunk meal. Like usually like you go out and you get a garbage plate when you come home at like 2 a.m. Yeah. It's mad good. It sounds weird. It's mad good. Honestly, everything by itself sounded good. And it just sounded like one day at like a college stag party, somebody (laughs) said, let's just grab all this shit and throw it into a container. (laughs) and And like I'm sitting here and now I'm like, well, that's that that sounds great, man. So, you know, and honestly, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to get to know that is because I'm hoping to go to a Bills game this year. You know, the news, you know, they're hoping to have Bills fans in, you know, with vaccinations and all that stuff. And I'm just going like I, I've never been to a Bills game before. Right. Like in Western New York. So I sit here and I and and I talk about them. I've gone to Miami and honestly, those those are some of the worst games to go to because you're in enemy territory. Right. Right. So like I'm I'm sitting here and I'm talking to you, a Western New York guy, someone who I'm going to assume has gone to many games. And, you know, I got these questions, man, like right off the bat before we even go into things that you have done there. man, what can you not wait for to finally get back there? Dude, I just can't wait for like showing up at the stadium and just having like the hey, hey like hearing the first one. Someone yeah. started off, and like I just know everybody's gonna respond. Like I've been waiting two years almost to 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 do a little cheer. It's it's electric, Dude, man. That that place is going to be so electric, man. And like I. I would love it. You know, there's a lot of people talking about like where, what is the Buffalo Bills' first game going to be? And honestly, selfishly, I'm hoping that their first game is against Tampa down here because I, I, I would love to see the Bills who you know could have been in the Super Bowl go in there and face Tom Brady. Either I'm gonna pay a lot of money to go see that game yeah. and get heartbroken, or I'm about to leave there the happiest man on the damn planet. <laughs> so, like. 
just just taking it back to Western New York now, you can't wait for that atmosphere. And like, I'm sure that that atmosphere is there usually most of the time, unless, you know, they're getting blown out. And hell, even if they're getting blown out, they might still have those people there just trying to have fun. So like, what are some of like your favorite memories that you've had there? And I'm sure there's probably a ton that come to mind, but there's got to be like one that just makes you go, oh, shit. Yeah, I remember that. Um, I was seven years old i believe or eight and it was the home opener against the patriots after they won their first or second super bowl okay and it was the uh the 36 nothing blowout where like sam adams picked off brady and returned it and like we just kicked the shit out of him and oh my god i was young but i just remember like the shit talk going on like people fights like yeah, I, I remember one like everyone remembers the Sam Adams play and all that stuff. But I remember there was like one specific like goal line stand where like they went for it on like fourth and goal on the one and we stuffed them. And it was just like the loudest I've ever heard anything like everyone was just going nuts. Oh, my God, dude, that sounds so electric, man. I, I can just imagine like just the whole place shaking after that. It was man. awesome. That's that's crazy. And, you know, you said like you saw like fights with fans and stuff. And that brings me to another question and stuff. What is like the craziest fan thing that you've seen? Because Bill's Mafia, we all know they are known for some crazy shit, man. So like, like what is the craziest thing that you've personally seen there, man? I remember being a kid. I feel like I kind of tell the story a lot because I, I, mm-hmm. I was so young and like I didn't really understand what was happening. I feel like but like I just remember it was weird. Um, there's this, like, we would always park at the same place, like me and my dad and some of his friends when I was, I mean, I started going when I was five. So like, this is somewhere in that range, like five to seven probably. And there's this group of dudes who would park always like right across from us. And they were like rowdy, like had like a trailer type thing. And like, just went after it the whole time. Yeah. And they would have a blow up doll, like a sex blow up doll. And, uh, they would just like dress it in like things. The other for like the other the team we were playing, and just like shove things in its like vagina and like do like the weird <laughs> bro. Stuff. And I was like six, and I was just like I remember just being like I didn't really get it, but I knew it was weird. And my dad would kind of just be like, "Yeah, like don't pay attention to those guys." <laughs> yeah, don't look. Yeah, don't look at that. Don't look at that. Oh my god, dude, that's crazy. I was uh, honestly, I was not expecting you to come on here and tell me you saw somebody <laughs> sticking something up a sex doll's vagina. That's great. <laughs> so, like, and I, I think everybody who's probably listening to this or is new here probably knows who you are. And like, if if they don't, I mean, go look up Brother Bill on on Twitter. You're gonna you're gonna find some videos, some great videos, dude. Every single week, man, you were putting out fire every single week, man. I was. I was sitting there, and a lot of Bills Mafia were sitting there just going, like, what the hell is Brother Bill going to do this week, man? That's crazy. <laughs> and, like, I, I, I just I just wanted to – what was the first time where you sat there and you're like, you know what? I'm going to take Seven Nation Army. I'm going to make a coffee beer, and I'm about to go do some crazy shit pregame. Like, what was the first time where you looked and you're like, I'm going to go do that? The first thing I did – I had, like, a wake-up call the first – I think the first week I did it was the Raiders. So it was, like, week three. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I have a lot of like vintage gear and stuff. So I was like, you know, I want to like show off like what I'm going to wear and I want to do it in like, like a cool way kind of. So I like, yeah. there was nothing like the what it ended up being like. It grew mm-hmm. so, so much week from week. But it, the first one was like me 
walking in the bathroom, like it was me, like turn on the light, turn on the shower, brushing yeah. my teeth, um, come downstairs, and I'd pull out like you know those like sleeves you keep like suits in, like those like fancy like yeah yeah the things. zip up it was and like, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I like go into this like big fucking armoire I have in my house mm-hmm. and open it, pull out this like fancy suit covering. And then like zip it down. And it was like an Eric Moles jersey, like zoo, but like a bunch of stupid shit. Yeah. And it's just yeah. me getting drafts, putting it on, and then like it just ended with me like in the mirror, like how I usually end it with like nodding my head and stuff. Yeah. And I did that that week, and they won. And I don't even think I played Seven Nation Army yet. I think I was playing like the shout song. Mm-hmm. And then I did the next week, which was the Titans, and we got like whooped on. And I was like, and then I think I did another week with the Chiefs, and we got whooped on. And I was like, I right, I had to like. Can't keep doing the same thing like this isn't working. Yeah, and I want to say is the Patriots maybe. I don't remember, but I just was like, I just started thinking of like funnier. What could I do that was like more extreme to like get get some good luck on our side again? Yeah, it was like the first thing I thought was like Labatt. Like everyone drinks Labatt, Mm -hmm. Um, and I decided just like it was early in the morning, so I I thought the yeah right. um i had the folding table too and i was like all right i'm gonna wake up i just i just thought of it i don't know why yeah I was like, i'll wake up the folding table as if like because everyone knows us by folding tables so like, yeah this will be my bed so i wake mm-hmm. up on the folding table i make the coffee beer and i got dressed and i think that was it at first and then i remember the patriots week I was like walking my dog in the morning before I was getting ready to like film it when I got back and my girlfriend was asleep and she, she would, I'd wake her up and make her film me do the stupid shit. <laughs> and uh, I I was like walking the dog and I was like, I should get it like a can of like New England clam chowder and just like dump it down the drain or some, something like that. Just like stick it to them a little bit. And I did that and people like loved it. And then I think the next week was like Seattle. So I was like, I'll go go to Starbucks because that's like a Seattle yeah. establishment. And it just kept going with like, okay, how can I like incorporate an opposing team's like something they're notable for and bring mm-hmm. it into this that I can like destroy or kick I, into the woods. I, I, I gotta <laughs> say my favorite one too, and I think a lot of people remember it is I believe you drove all the way to Pittsburgh and grabbed that yeah. sandwich, man, just to punt it in your backyard. <laughs> now I was or I, I'm gonna assume it's your backyard, but man, that was my was, backyard. Yeah, I'm just sitting there and I'm just going like the links that this man goes to to make some of this content it's so that it's great man it's for the commitment i mean it's it's commendable on its own man and you know some people might not know but you know something went down on twitter and you ended up some troll like messed with basically your whole page and basically what you were doing and you know i I know a lot of people. It was just like the whole time. I remember on Twitter, everyone's like, "We're just trying to get justice for Brother Bill, man." Like, what the, <laughs> what the hell happened? What the hell is Twitter doing? Get on your game. And I just want to know, like, what were you like that whole situation? You're probably just sitting there, like, dude, this sucks, man. I was really bummed out. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, the first week, I was like, kind of like depressed, man. I was like, damn, mm. like I, this was just fun. Like, I made it yeah. not expecting that much out of it. it was kind of just something i thought of and was like i i basically on my twitter before that like my personal twitter it was just like the same it just build stuff so i was like i might as well just make one and try to be like funny about it so when it all happened it was just like everything was going so well and it was just really exciting and and enjoyable and something fun i was doing and i 
other people seem to enjoy. Um, and to have it just like taken when everything was going so well, it was just like really abrupt and frustrating. And yeah. uh, I kind of didn't even want to come back for a while just because like, mm. you know what I mean? Like I have a normal life and like, if someone's like trying to like follow my every step and like harass me as much as I wanted to keep doing it. And as much as I enjoyed like all the people I met and friends I made on it, it was just like, is it worth it to like deal with this guy? Like, yeah. Doing whatever, like trying to tarnish my name, saying terrible things behind my picture. Mm -hmm. And so I was pretty frustrated. I was pretty like, I was kind of over it for a while. Mm. Um, and there's like, like my girlfriend and and friends and uh even like Zbot had me on one of his podcasts and he kind of like kind of like gassed me up again to get me like feeling like okay like I can still come back and I can still do this and it's not the end yeah. of the world you know I just had to go through like a grieving process I guess <laughs> yeah that was I when, when that happened it was almost just like man it's like watching one of like your favorite players go down with an injury and you're like, Oh God, are they ever going to come back? And then all of a sudden you like, when you came back, it was like Paul Pierce coming out, like from taking a <laughs> shit or whatever the hell he was doing. And, and you like came back and I, it was like a celebration for Bill's mafia Twitter. And I know everybody, you know, thought about it. And you're like, I said at the beginning, you're like a meme connoisseur, man. So I kind of want to know, like, your process right like are you like sitting there some days and maybe you're watching something on tv or you see like a clip on the and you're like oh yeah i can put Dion dawkins face on it or oh yeah, yeah. i'm gonna throw like <laughs> like what, what, is that it's, is that what you do man it's kind of like yeah like i'm a huge movie guy like mm. one of my hobbies is literally just like watching tv like <laughs> i just yeah. come home and like crush television and movies and stuff so like i have like a pretty big like knowledge of of random movie clips yeah. or random like scenes of things so like sometimes i'll just like throw something on that i might think is funny for like the purpose of like okay let's like refresh my mind and think if i could think of something a lot of times it'll just like pop in my head like i made that home do you ever see homeward bound did you know that movie yeah 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 that i used with like the i did the, like the feliciano milano and mm -hmm. daryl williams signing like that was somebody posted it on Instagram like a month earlier. It was when I was off Twitter too. Like I wasn't really doing much, yeah, because of yeah. the whole thing. And um, they posted the video and was like saddest clip of all time. And I was like, oh shit, that's that was like I used to love that movie. Yeah. And then like three weeks later, these guys all resigned to the team, and it was kind of fresh in my head. And I was like, damn, that's perfect. Like, yeah, let's. Animals showing up when everyone thought they were lost, like mm -hmm. three dudes we thought we lost that came back. So it was just kind yeah, of like luckiness, and <laughs> that's it's it's. I assumed it had to be that because sometimes, like I, I've made a few memes on Twitter and mostly on YouTube, though I've thrown some memes up there, and I get there and I was watching Ted just one day, and I was like, <laughs> right there, right there. I mean, yeah. that movie's full of memeable clips. And I've got like I've got a movie collection and all that. So when you say you sit there and you watch like a ton of movies, I do the same thing. But then I go out to the extreme and I buy them and I throw them on the <laughs> shelf just in case I don't know I'm ever on an island with a DVD player <laughs> and I I have my whole movie collection. But you know, talking about like these memes and the process and everything, I I, I don't know if you've noticed, but for some reason on Twitter, the meme games for other sports, not just football. Like, it's stepped up for some reason this season. I don't know if you follow any other sports. That is actually a question on here. 
I, I know you probably follow the Sabres now, but like, are, are you interested in any other sports? And if so, have you ever gone on like the comments section of an ESPN and just saw some of those damn memes that are down there, man? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan across the board. So I'm a Bills, Sabres, Knicks, Cubs fan. So I'm okay. A, so you gotta be loving the Knicks right now, man. Dude, it is a huge surprise. And I've been on the Julius Randle train from, mm. For like three years, even before he came to us, when he hit yeah. the free agency and went to the Pelicans, I was like talking to my boys, like, I want Julius Randle on the Knicks. And he was calling yeah. me stupid and stuff. I loved – I didn't think it would be this good. I'm not going to lie, but like – I don't I think thinking, anybody like, did, man. No. <laughs> but I was like – I always thought he was a good – that last year at the Lakers, I was really impressed by him. And I was like, this is a, this is a good piece. I didn't think he'd be a focal piece, but he's, yeah. he's literally an MVP candidate. I, and, and that's crazy. If you would have told me coming into this season, hey, man, Julius Randle, he's but like everybody was <laughs> trolling. Everybody yeah. was trolling. They want to trade him and stuff. Well, that everybody was trolling it because they thought you guys were going to get KD, Kyrie. And yeah. then you were like, yeah, Randall. Like, now it's like, <laughs> now it's like, oh, you get Julius Randle. I mean, Stephen A. Smith was absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely like you're really gonna go out there and be like, "Hey, everybody, we signed Julius Randle," and it's just like, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm not a Knicks fan, but you know I'm a Magic fan, so I go through some of, you know, pretty <laughs> much the same shit. They they've been they've been good a couple times in my lifetime, and you know when you finally get to see your team do good, that's great. Like so. Yeah, the the only thing that's better for me is while you have the Knicks right now, I my family I've got the Dodgers. Finally, that's yeah. that's something I've I watched them for, I mean my entire childhood, and my dad's dad was a Brooklyn Dodgers fan, and I have a poster back there that I custom made that says Brooklyn Dodgers. That's like, awesome. I'm I'm just trying to go out there and finally the Dodgers win the World Series. Like I I can't imagine how crazy. New York City would go if the Knicks finally won a like right. finally won another one, man. That'd be. I just want a, a, a playoff series win would would mm. put me over the edge this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you got to get more than one, man, because taken from a Magic fan, we've gone two years in a row where we <laughs> win one game and then we get bounced out. So right. you know, it's it's not that, that. And speaking of that, literally a question I got on here is like, dude, what would your reaction be if the Buffalo Bills won a damn Super Bowl finally? Like I, I, that's a thing that we all like think of like, man, what would happen? Like I would fucking downtown Buffalo just burn down at that 100%. point. <laughs> that's a, 100%. <laughs> I don't know what I personally would do. I honestly don't think I can even like predict the emotions mm. that would happen. Like when we made the playoffs for the first time, I was like crying and mm. I was in a house by myself. So I was too nervous to watch with anyone. And I was like crying and like running around and jumping and screaming and like calling yeah. all my boys and my sister and my dad and mm -hmm. um and just I was on cloud nine. It was New Year's Eve too, so like we went mm -hmm. out and I requested the shout song four hundred times probably. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, but man. if we win the Super Bowl, man, I I don't even know. Like I would definitely be in Buffalo watching mm. and. I don't I I would imagine I would if we made the Super Bowl, I would book off the whole week of work, regardless of <laughs> win or lose. And if go to win, that parade, just, man. it would be an all week bender, like a hundred percent just 
partying, having a good time, celebrating. Going yeah, man. I, I, I think of it this yeah, I, I think of it the <laughs> same way because I was in my college dorm room when that happened. And I was with my girlfriend at the time, who's actually still my girlfriend, but at that time <laughs> we uh she she had just got with me, so she didn't know how crazy Bill's fans were, right? right? So finally she didn't know how important this thing was to me. I I'm sitting on my bed and that pass to Tyler Boyd happens from Andy Dalton, that beautiful son of a bitch. And literally I jumped like exactly. I jumped off of my bed and just like, I, like it, it had to be crazier for you because I know if I cry, dude, like when you say you cried, like I, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever put this out publicly other than my podcast, but I was, I became a fan during the Rex Ryan years. So like, that was like what? 2014 is when we brought that guy in. So that's when I seriously got into football because being outside of Western New York, you know, the Bills, they I kind of just knew them as, oh, the team my dad liked and they suck. So (laughs) I was like, ah, I was like, ah, whatever. But then finally when I'm like, I'm going to get into football, like I can't even imagine like you guys who like watched every single season throughout the drought or at least a majority of them. Like that had to be crazy. You had to be on cloud nine. The first thing I did was call my dad, and it's just like we had been so. I mean, he took me to my first game when I was five. I was watching before that, probably with yeah. You know I mean, like with him, he was just a diehard. He had season tickets, yeah. so I called him, and it was just like a a special like family moment, man. It's just like something we've done. Like I, this year with COVID was the first time I hadn't gone to a home opener with my dad since I was five. So. 21 years or something like that so like dude that's just stuff you know what i mean there's like there's so much into it it's not just like yeah. a team. It's like it's literally like a bond that like a special thing that we share that that we've suffered through that he like brought me into i'm sure you felt a little guilty that at least he got to see some good stuff i was just yeah nothing uh and it was just amazing oh man that's that's crazy because i know when i talk to my dad like he's always like Man, those Super Bowl years, man, that was that was so crazy. Like living in Buffalo at that time, going to those games, and you know, it. I, I've seen how it's impacted my dad, and you know, eventually, you know, growing up, you know, being a fan of the Bills does affect your life in some in some way. And that's another question I've got on here is like, how has being a Bills fan, you know, kind of impacted you as you've grown up and turned into a man? Uh, I think it teaches you, like, there's definitely, like, a family sense of, like, the fan base, like, the people you meet. Like, everyone's just, like, really cool to each other for the most part. Yeah. Um, really, really awesome. Like Unless you want Travis Etienne in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, when this podcast comes out, could be a possibility. I think it's funny because I have friends, especially being from around this area, so, like, you grow up and you know what I mean when you're a kid you pick like the best team or the, or the teams yeah. the 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 players on the Madden cover so I have, I have a lot of friends who are like I have one specific friend my best friend since I was five he was a Steelers fan like his whole life almost he just transferred over to the Bills like five years ago and it's funny okay. to me though when I watch a game I'm like super calm like I don't care what's going on like there's times where I obviously I'll, I get excited more than I get mad. Like I'll jump up and mm. scream for like a touchdown. But when something goes wrong, yeah. I kind of just like sit back and I just kind of like 
I'm not happy, but I'm not like screaming. I'm not like going nuts yeah. on the TV. And I think that's something that I have learned to do as since being a fan since I was five, because it's like I've been through so much horrible shit. Like nothing's gonna get oh me like God, yeah. off my like game now. Like, it's like okay, I've seen worse. Like <laughs> where like he yeah. was a Steelers fan and they were nasty. And like when some stuff mm-hmm. goes wrong, like he's like sitting next to me, like losing his shit. And he's like, "How oh, are you not?" And I'm just like. Oh, you just gotta, you just gotta move next play mentality. I feel like that's what it's it taught a, me. It's embedded <laughs> in the, it's embedded in the DNA, right. man. You're just like, you know, it is what it is. And there were plenty of moments like that this season. I know, like, like when you're on the edge of your seat, like, oh, yeah. I know that like ninety percent of Bills fans during that Arizona game, dude. That when, one got me, <laughs> dude. Like, I, I know you man. said you I know you said you keep your cool, but at, like after that happened, I remember I was sitting there with my brother and we lost our shit when Diggs catches that touchdown. And then like and then like that happens and we just kind of sat there and we just looked at each other. Yeah. It was like, That's you, all I, like I think like, I didn't move for like 30 minutes. Yeah. Like I just I, I was just on my couch kind of like looking up, mouth open, like what? Yeah, like like holy shit, that just happened. I could not believe um, it. Like that was, <laughs> that was crazy, man. And I guess, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit this question because I know, uh, you know, we're running on this uh, time period that we had said here. Uh, Josh Allen, man, what makes you love this guy, man? I think even before the, the skills were, or the, like the skills were there, but the, he wasn't at the point he was at. It was mm-hmm. just the, the mentality, man. Like, yeah. Coming in with a terrible offensive line, terrible receiving core, and like doing the stuff he did, like even as a rookie when he was like literally bad, like he was bad as rookie. Yeah, it was still different. Like I still had this sense that he was gonna like get us down the field. Like he would just do insane things and will his way somehow to get down the field and win some games. Like that team was so bad. Like yeah. they could have really won zero games, and I wouldn't have been surprised. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I think when you watched his progress, like I know when you look at his second year stats at a whole, they're not super impressive, Mm -hmm. but when you watched every single game, like the progress was so evident every single week, he was a better quarterback. And it was just like, if you actually sat there and watched, which I know a lot of outside people don't do. Yeah. It was so apparent that he was like on this trajectory, maybe not this fast. I didn't think like last year was going to be so good, but I wasn't surprised. Like he has just, he just has that mentality where like nothing's gonna stop him. Uh, he'll really run over your defensive lineman if he has to. Oh, yeah. He will go out guns a blazing, and I love that. And I think the players, I think you see how the players like respond to him and like rally mm-hmm. around him, and it's it's such a good feeling to have and such a strong leadership thing to have from a quarterback that I don't think we've, I've maybe Fitzpatrick too but yeah, he wasn't yeah. nearly as talented as as josh yeah that's probably the only guy yeah that's uh really when it comes to josh allen like what you said we had this feeling like we went into that season right and that team was terrible and we were like who's gonna be our quarterback josh allen or nate peterman <laughs> so we're like all right we saw what nate peterman did against san diego but that can't happen again right <laughs> bro that I, I'm telling you, that game I was sitting with my older brother in a bar with a Ravens fan who was his best friend, 
And he's just like, when are you putting in Josh Allen? When are you putting in Josh Allen? And we're just like, oh, my God. Peterman throws like one. I think it's like four picks that game. And then, like, dude, Dude. our offense couldn't do anything. And then Josh comes in. And, like, we had more offense this one drive with Josh than we did that, like, whole game. And I kind of sat there. And while that wasn't my moment where I thought that Josh was the guy, and I'll ask you what moment you think that was. But just then I was like, okay, well, this guy needs to at least be our starter. And then he hurdles Anthony Barr that same season. And it's like, okay, I love I love this kid. I'm going to go to war for this guy already. And then, like, my moment was that Dallas Cowboys game last year. Like, I, I don't know if that's yours. Maybe yours is earlier, but. You know, I definitely, I think from the Vikings game on, I started to like really like him. Like that's when I was kind of like, okay, like this guy's got something different. And like I remember the Dolphins game towards the end of his first year too, where like he kind of lit them up and he should have had the game when he touched down, but yeah. Charles Clay had just a horrendous year and bobbled that ball. Um, but the the Dallas Cowboys game was the first like that was like the like nail in the coffin that I was never going back. That that was like <laughs> that play when he dug the fucking fumble. Sorry, I come out. Of yeah, the no, man, that's fine, man. <laughs> when he dug the fumble out from yeah. like forty four like four hundred pound dudes yeah. and just shrugged off another guy, threw a dude like five yards. Yeah, that's yeah. uh that man, was Byron Jones. Out, I was losing my mind. I couldn't yeah, believe he- it. He took the Dallas Cowboys best corner and basically threw him. And was like, no, nah, man. And like, I loved it too, because I'm sitting there hyped up after that play. And then like Tony Romo, who's calling the game is like, have you ever seen a quarterback do that? And I was just like, you're damn right. You haven't. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback, man. That's crazy. I, I love Josh. And you know, to end like this last question to end you off, before we close all this and I let you get back to your beautiful returning girlfriend, we are going to, I'm going to ask because it's happened before. If something were to happen to the brother bill page again, how would you want to be remembered in bills mafia? I, I, I thought about this obviously, cause I wasn't sure if I was going to do the comeback and I just want I just thought it was like something to help people through a really strange and awful year that didn't have a lot of highs but the bills were that consistent high and i feel like i found a way to give like the people who are used to tailgating a like thing to like wake up and and look for as if it was the tail like usually you wake up at six o'clock and you Mm -hmm. drive to buffalo and yeah or go to the game if you're in buffalo and you drink and you party and you have fun and we couldn't do that and I, I just wanted to be remembered as like filling that void and like giving some, giving fans like a taste of like the tailgate because we couldn't have the tailgate. Yeah, man, you definitely did that, man. And it was awesome. Everything you did, what you're gonna continue to do, is gonna be awesome because I'm sure next year too, you're gonna be doing just as much crazy stuff. Maybe you're gonna be doing it live too in person. Yeah, That'd be awesome. <laughs> so I can't. Man, I, I can't wait to see that stuff. You got anything else you want to plug on here for the end of the podcast, man? Um, I got a video coming out. Well, this video is going to be after the draft. Yeah, this right. this comes out on Friday. Video. Right when I'm done with this, I'm going to do some shooting. And uh, 
I have like a draft video that's gonna drop in tomorrow morning probably. Um, oh, but other damn. than that, just just the usual stuff that I'm always doing. Yeah. And appreciate you for having me on here, man. Dude, I appreciate you, man. Like I knew when I was gonna talk to you, you were gonna be a pretty chill ass dude. <laughs> and like you didn't disappoint at all, man. That was awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you.